0: Looney Tunes, Looney blinks, blinks. Ya, tú ya, we do mates, ya tú sabes, El Gangry, Daddy Yankee, Ya, Daddy Yankee, Está calentándote, yo calentándome, Tú dices que tú eres bravo eso lo quiero ver, Sigue bailando sigue buscándome, Que te voy a pegar bien duro contra la pared.
1: Bienvenidos a Radio Manera, y'all. My name is Vero Valletti-Flores.
2: And I am Miriam Soila perez and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes.
1: Each week we bring you music from the, the Latinx artists that we love, and this week we have a very, very special guest, and Maito Calla, who is here to talk about spooky reggaeton. Happy Halloween, y'all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hi, Vero.
1: Do you want to introduce yourself?
3: Yeah. Hi. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I want here. And then Veronica as well.
1: Veronica.
3: Um, <laughs> hey. Um. Yeah. What else? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so uh, Vero Davila is um, specializes in um, Latinx and Caribbean popular music, and um, you know is in the academic realm super smart we met on twitter because i think because i was like talking about minimalist reggaeton production and we were like let's make a playlist and that turned into like my playlist for like a whole fucking year because it was a bomb not to really? hype ourselves up too much but we did such a good job
3: <laughs> <really> good. yeah <laughs>
1: Um, and we also, uh, later on, were like, well, let's do a, I think you proposed, Vero, uh, mm-hmm. a thing about, like, like, let's do a spooky like a reggaeton playlist, and we're like, yeah, totally, so we collaborated on a playlist, so we decided to to do that for this episode, and right now we're listening to uh, D.Y., Aquí tu caldo, <laughs> let's take a listen to that again.
2: Say Veronica, just to kind of help distinguish the two. Um, for <laughs> our <team> <laughs> yeah, for our esteemed guests for today. Um, but I'm so happy that you collaborated on Veto with Veto on this playlist because getting a Halloween episode has been like a campaign for me over the last few <laughs> years. And I think we didn't do it the first year and the second year, but I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then it was actually one of our like more popular menetos that we did was the Halloween episode. So I was really glad that you kind of are on, are on that train I mean I know spooky is much more than Halloween but oh, it made it a good, um, a good opportunity <laughs> to bring you onto the show so I want to thank you for that
3: yeah no, it sounds really fun these are two of my favorite things together spooky stuff and rayon
2: <laughs> would you consider is that like in the same realm as like goth or is it a different world
3: oh yeah oh yeah I think so <laughs> okay. I, mean, I think I'm full on tropi goth
2: yeah. yeah we love the tropi
1: goth lifestyle on this right. podcast nice <laughs>
2: <laughs> how did you tell us how you got into music like how did that become such a center of your world yeah
3: well it's been part of my life forever I grew up on Puerto Rico I grew up in Puerto Rico my family are all musicians so it's always been around I also was raised in the punk scene in the very you know expansive and wonderful punk scene that we have in the island so as a teenager was surrounded by all those kinds of musicians and then I my background is in literature and cultural studies and at some point during my master's I you know started to get tired of sort of traditional um, literature mm-hmm. and, or the way that you know academia approached literature and really started seeking out ways to bring other cultural expressions and music was a thing that's always been there and that I've always been passionate about and so Right, so slowly started to explore um, Latinx music, Caribbean music. And then I think in the second, third year of my PhD, my um, advisor was like, you don't have to do literature anymore. You know that? Like you can just do (laughs) it. Wow. (laughs) I will just do music. Like this is actually what I wanna do. Um, And that has evolved to the point that I, do very little textual analysis. And that is, will be reflected in some of the selections here because you'll notice that some of the songs are not actually about Halloween in the list. (laughs) Um, But because I'm really into sound production and like what sound can mean for us. And Rayetón is a great way. So I deal with Rayetón, Dembo and Trap. And so those are great genres to explore that, right? Sound and the body.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember when we were thinking about the playlist, we're like, is this spooky? Is this spooky? There's actually a lot of like, sort of like OG reggaeton that like dealt with like a lot of like spooky-ish production. Um, You know, this like, tell us why you chose uh, this uh, D.Y. favorite, which by the way, every time I make Sancocho, I have to put it on. I'd be like, mommy, I just cannot, (laughs) you know? (laughs)
3: I remember that one of the questions that we had when making the playlist was, is this Marianteo or is this like just plain spooky?
1: Right, right.
3: <laughs> one of the reasons why yeah. Andrea has that is because of Marianteo, or it's trying to get a sort of that feeling of like very foreboding and very um suspenseful. Yeah,
1: you're and scary off. and fear, because yeah. you're trying to instill fear, correct? Mm-hmm.
3: And so, well, I chose this one because it's sort of like Caribbean um, John Carpenter's Halloween. Like it's the melody (laughs) is the same one as a Halloween theme song. So um, it goes with (laughs) spookiness and Halloween 100%. But also the lines are great. I think the classical lines are there. Um, Dancing it is fun too. So this is a D.Y. Looney Tunes or
1: Original. Yeah, I mean it's really hard to beat that combo. It's a classic for a reason. We love to see it.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. So my parents—I I don't know that you know this, um, Veronica—but both of my parents are literature professors, actually. Oh, yeah. So I know a lot about that arena. Mm-hmm. They're they're Cuban immigrants, and they are both in um, like Spanish departments. Although now I think they have different names, right? And so it's been interesting because I, you know, they went to grad school in the 70s and are somewhat traditionalist in certain ways so they're very wedded to text and to, to, to books right into writing in a particular way and so I've heard them comment on my my father more so than my mother because I think he's just more I don't know more of a traditionalist but on this like move toward cultural studies versus literature um, and the, all their feelings about it. Although both of them teach music in their courses, you know, it's like there's always an integration because how do you do Latino mm-hmm. literature without, you know, music and things like that? My, my father's actually written a lot about music, but um, what has been the reception for you? I mean, having your, your advisor say, you know, you can just focus on music. What's it been like now that you're kind of farther along in your path?
3: It's been great. I made the right decision. <laughs> I, um, I mean, I think I haven't felt it directly. I'm sure there's some resistance from... La vieja guardia. Mm-hmm. Eh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the challenge is sort of I'm very multidisciplinary, so how to justify your place, you know, amongst all of those traditional disciplines is a challenge, especially as a young, I just like got my PhD like 2 months ago. So I'm wow.
2: like Thank
3: <laughs> you. I'm like one of the most junior scholars um, even here at Smith. But on the other hand, students, for example, love it Mm -hmm. because that's what they want. Like it connects to their daily life and I do contemporary Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, So there's ways in which I can probably what your parents are doing, bridge um, contemporary stuff with more historical, et cetera. And and those are great ways of doing that work. Um, But yeah, there's always some resistance, uh, especially we're talking about Latinx and Caribbean music Um, We do a lot of work on race and gender, and we are in white elite institutions. And so Mm -hmm. you find spaces and bubbles, and I've been able to carve those um, spaces for myself. But yeah, there's always resistance, and it's always a challenge.
2: And are you finding that there are more people to be in conversation with who are also talking about the same music that you're talking about? I know I can oh, think of like two people, but I'm sure there's more, right, that are doing this. So. Yeah, I mean,
3: I specifically, so I, I do with Dominican music, specifically mm-hmm. like my whole project is on, I do with Puerto Rico as well, but I'm very invested in Dominican music. And there's not that many of us, especially in the diaspora, um, especially people that are, you know, visibilized um, in Latinx popular music, then there's a lot more people to talk with.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a small roster, and a lot of us are young. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: All right. So, what's your favorite thing about Spooky Season?
3: Hmm. Great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me think. I don't know. I've always been sort of attracted to the aesthetics and the mood mm-hmm. of Mm -hmm. maybe because I grew up in an island full of festivities but I think that's also like when I think about what Caribbean culture is culture is it's very much about like death and celebration together or whenever there's like crisis there's celebration embedded into it and so I think I have those contrasts I'm very attracted to and so I also grew up in a Catholic household where, like, Halloween yes. is not allowed. And so the prohibition of, like, indulging in um, a de a, a trick-or-treating, and all of that made it even more appealing to me. And so as an adult, I'm like, I have to make up for all those years where I could not go out and go to parties or whatever.
1: Um, you know, it's really hilarious to me. So I grew up in Venezuela. We don't have Halloween there. We like, you know what I mean? And like, that's like a very Catholic way of getting to dress up. But it's funny to me that like, I feel like there's like a direct, like Catholic to goth pipeline. Cause like the aesthetic of Catholicism is extremely goth. Like you're literally venerating some guy who's nailed to a torture device. fam. Like every fucking day. Like if that's not metal, I'm not sure what is, you know, (laughs) like, it's just like, it's so, it's like such a, you know, it's such a goth aesthetic, like the whole like Catholic church, the Catholic
2: visual culture. Yeah. And the, the cathedrals and the, you know, and, and the, the flowers cathedrals. and the red
1: and, and yes. It's and all there.
2: Yeah, no, I was thinking the same exact thing. It's funny. So no, was there Halloween in Puerto Rico and you just weren't allowed to participate?
3: Right, there is Halloween because colonialism. Of course. <laughs> right. So we have all of the US holidays, including what we call Sanguini. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah um and we you know we make it into our own version of it all of those holidays we transform yeah I was just wasn't really allowed and then yeah as an adult then I've made it part of my life in whatever way I wanted to like I'm not out trick-or-treating or or going to right but I always like do a thing with friends um yeah it's fun do the play
1: and this this Halloween, it's going to have to be a little bit more chill, hopefully for the people, because it's pandemic times. Mm-hmm. We beg you not to go to a huge party. Please yeah. have a chill thing yeah. in yeah. your pods. Or
2: in your backyard or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: Um.
1: All right, well, why don't we go to our next spooky selection? So we had Veronica pick all of the songs, and the next one is also a classic, it's uh, Yagi Maki featuring uh, Don Omar, and it's La Batidora. Mm-hmm. Spooky. <laughs> so spooky it starts off so foreboding. um it's it's funny because i think that when we yeah like when we started this playlist when you, like la fue tuya i was thinking about like neo perreo you know like this like new these new girls that are like doing this like weird direction of um of reggaeton now Oh, but um, but then I was like, oh my god, yeah! So much of this old stuff sounds this way.
3: Yeah, and I love that. Um, there's something about the incorporation of EDM and electronic music that also I don't I don't know that a lot of the producers wanted it to be spooky in the way that we now mm-hmm, interpret it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, this is kind of the music like, the popular music of the time, especially late 90s, this is like, yeah. like people dancing to... These are the new ways in which you, like, um, produce electronic sounds or trying out all of these new elements. And so it comes out that way, I think, in yeah. Dance.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that that's some of the most interesting stuff about the production also, is just even, like, the fact that, like, you know what these producers on the island had was, like, Fruity Loops, and Fruity Loops was, like, loaded with these sounds of, like... Pop music at that time right and pop music at that time had that particular um edm sound and they're like well we're making reggaeton and these this is like the bank of sounds that's available in my production kit so i'm gonna use them you know and it's just like i feel like um it takes like a very specific ear to like notice that sort of thing because Uh, culturally and like geographically and socially it's so far away from that but like when you listen to like the actual sounds I was like wow these are like the same sounds (laughs) they're they're just like spliced up in a completely different way
3: yeah and I love sort of like following that thread of what was left of the 80s like Mm -hmm. new wave which Mm -hmm. I love and the Mm goth wave how it like seeped into 90s EDM and suddenly the reggaeton producers were like pulling that out again I just love whenever I encounter that um, in reggaeton songs and that's all the synthesizers you know
1: right
3: that they're using
1: right yeah I feel like yeah just like all these like amazing synths (laughs) that like just like don't match what like a lot of people think about as like quote-unquote urbano or urban or whatever music right it's like that's not like in people's heads what that is but like it's like you know but but it is
3: right like yeah well that goes out also the shift of reggaeton. so these two tracks are 2003 2004 which mm-hmm. is early reggaeton, doesn't cross over quote on quote making air quotes yeah yeah of course <laughs> until gasolina which is like
1: 2005.
3: 2005 and so yeah and then post that the sound begins to change a lot and then mm-hmm. especially 2008 to 2012, we got that whole, what I call the Miami sound, which is more
0: like yes.
3: much more dancey, much more pop. And I think a lot of people right now associate that reggaeton with the label Urbano and not that early 2000s, late 1990s one, which is what we listen to and what we're talking about.
2: Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. like
3: like that original sound and then there's like the very mass produced sound that then doesn't pull from all those other sort of underground sources.
1: Right, right, right. The, so like, you know, when we're talking about like 2008 to 2012, we're thinking of like, you know, like the right, like what, where, how we arrive at somebody like a J Balvin, right? Like something like that.
3: Right.
2: So I think these artists, Yaga Imaki, are new to Rally Manea. What can you tell us about them?
3: Oh, they're OGs mm-hmm. <laughs> in the genre. Um, they're, they've been, uh, like they're Puerto Rican and they've mm-hmm. been in the scene. I don't remember what their first recording is and I'm not quite sure right now, i have to Google it. But they're since the late 90s. Uh, this album that this song is in is sort of like the classic compilations. So there's a lot of very popular tracks in it. So they would um, invite other up and coming artists to participate in the songs with them which is the way that a lot of underground mm-hmm. reggaeton music started in the late 90s, usually be because of the DJs, so the Negro, the Playero, the mm-hmm. Joe, would do the tracks and then would invite the young MCs to come and rap. And so this is sort of like the reggaeton version of that, where you will have one or a duo that is already mm-hmm. pretty popular and established, and they would allow newcomers to come on their, on their songs. And so this is where La Batidora comes from and already by then Donmite is pretty popular actually yeah yeah um so this is just like uh, a power trio right there mm-hmm. they Yaimaki have been a little under the radar in the past couple of years and they now are starting to resurface because a lot of the reggaetoneros, especially in the island are trying to like do throwbacks i mean
1: bad bunny too That's yeah good. yeah i think that like the sapphire effect is being felt now where like you know like bad bunny like you know brings joely e. randy who'd been working right like they hadn't been like yeah they've no. been they've been working right but like you know in terms of like who like you know like what gata would call the popetong people are are, are Paying attention to, right? Like, Joel randy were not like sort of on that radar, but they'd been working and putting out fire songs this whole time. But you know, he brings out, he brings uh, Joel Irandi, he brings people like, you know, like Niengo Flo, who also has been working and has been doing stuff, who's like a legend also, mm-hmm. and like has not been on the Popetong radar, but oh, like on La Isla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I think you're right. Like a lot of, I think that like the stuff is making is having people like look back to some of these OGs and be like, who's still around, who's still doing stuff. Cause yeah, like a lot of these folks, like, you know, like Chencho Choy, Maldi, like are doing, have been doing their thing, you know, like, even though like, you know, people aren't necessarily checking for Plambe on the radio all the time, but. Especially
3: if you're not. not on the islands. There's a, yeah. there's a huge gap on what is heard in the diaspora and what is heard in the islands, both in the DR, in Cuba, obviously, mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico. It's so different. Like every time I go back, it's like, but this is what we're listening to over here. And I'm like, no, we don't care about that. <laughs> this is <what> <laughs> That's what over, But then there's all these other people.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've, like, I remember, like, I was just, like, I am so much more interested in that, like, on the scene of, like, the people that are, like, not really, not because I don't want them to emerge, I really do hope these folks, like, you know, get their bag and make their money, whatever, like, that's dope, but I feel like their sound is much more interesting to me than, like, the folks that, you know, I mean, I love, you know, like, I love me, like, a, a pop, a big pop artist, like, I listen to Bad Bunny, that Bad Bunny album, like, a ton, like, everybody else in the world, but... Um, I love I love that group of folks.
2: Let's take a listen to the next song that Veronica picked. It's "Zombie," very appropriate by Alexis Ifido featuring Yabia.
0: Oye, oye, metiendo miedo como un zombie, así calado con la tenis <laughs> y la combi, con los ojos colorao, una nota terrible y en la disco todo el mundo bien activao. Voy tras de ti, tras de ti voy al acecho Bien pegado hagámoslo bien hecho Voy tras de ti Acercándome más y arrastrando los pies como un zombie. Voy tras de ti Tras de ti voy al acecho Bien pegado hagámoslo bien hecho Voy tras de ti Acercándome más y arrastrando los pies como un zombie.
3: types of songs that I chose one is like the very obvious one and then there's the sound this is one of the very obvious
2: ones <laughs> I'm not mad at that I often go that route when we're picking songs
3: <laughs> right so I had to have you know there's there's many there's like vampires and all of that mm-hmm. we get brought
2: to the, definitely brought to Halloween before <laughs> I
3: have a soft spot for Alexei Ifido even though uh. there's the best, but I do have a soft spot. And I loved them when I was like a teenager for some reason. Just like that first album I loved. And I'm also a longtime Daoya fan, so
1: Right. A legend for sure. Um I also like Alex, I have a soft spot for Alex Sifi. Um yeah, I I really do. Um, but but so I feel like this is like a good solid you know, set of people, very spooky, yeah. zombie tip.
3: I also A-plus. like that using the metaphor of the zombie for, like, I'm chasing you is so appropriate. It's like, yeah, that's when men chase you, it's freaky,
2: like a zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is literally how Like being chased say. by the undead. Right,
3: <laughs> yeah, like... Correct. You're gonna run away when you do this. I'm glad that you are accepting it.
2: So you are also the co-host of a podcast, Latino Diaries. Will you tell us a little about that show?
3: Yeah, sure. With um, me, my friend, Ariana. Um, we have a pop culture podcast, um, sort of like, <clears throat> it started as a way to talk about current things that were happening in the island of diaspora, but from like a more feminist perspective, combining my expertise quote unquote as a and Adriana's activism and experience in that and sort of talking through events and then it became, it's a podcast where we now tackle like different issues, you know, we talk about queerness, we talk about patrovia we've been about that bunny and being problematic um, and now we're in a little hiatus because yeah, things are hard um, mm-hmm. <laughs> And we're doing <clears throat> minisotes. Uh, we did one last year, which is Perreando el Zodiaco, where we assigned reggaeton songs to each sign. And the addition this year is Salciando el Zodiaco. So we're doing salsa songs now.
1: Wow! Mm-hmm. Wait, did I? I can't remember which song was Aquario.
3: For Perreando? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, <sighs> I
1: don't even know that much about signs like that. I just want to know. Which
3: one <laughs> one is, it's an, an A. Theology. It's a good one. I think it's Bachatón. No, it's Gemini. Whoa, I don't know. Oh
1: wait, I'm I Gemini. I feel like I remember it being good. I think I remember it, it being good.
3: Good, because But it had to be like a weird song. <laughs> I was like,
2: I'm satisfied with this selection, but I don't remember what it was. For Heminis was Bachatón.
3: Right for Heminis, it was like We saw his, I think. <laughs>
2: That's great. Yes. I
3: can I I can look at my episodes. I love that. <laughs> that was ages
2: ago too, I feel. Yeah, it was such a great it was
3: so long ago that's such a great concept though. <laughs> so the Aquario one was a <laughs> secret or blambe.
2: Mm.
3: Yes. That's why it was good because it's flambe.
2: That's why right.
1: yeah. right. you cannot go, you wrong, go wrong with Miss Amores Chen <laughs> Yeah.
2: That's great. Well, we'll put a link in the show notes so people can check out Platano Diaries Thanks, and, yeah. and go back and and listen.
1: Well, thank you so much for bringing more Alexis y Fido. They are very important to me like, and they're important to my larger theory on the role of el tiburón in Latino popular song <laughs> episode coming up soon.
2: If- <laughs> If Veronica Bayetti was going to be an academic, this would be her dissertation. <laughs> <The role> of- <laughs> <laughs> Sounds
1: that personal. or my evidence, or my evidence that Bad Bunny's a bottom. <laughs> well, I mean- a harder to... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sports. on Twitter is like, this is your dissertation. <laughs> it's
2: like, Damn. I mean. <laughs> Has anyone ever asked him, though? You know, like, just straight up. <laughs> the music journalists are swacking.
3: I if, like, Karina made a question like that. She was like very intimate with him in that profile. I know. she didn't talk
2: about his.
3: <laughs>
2: she didn't talk about his relationship though, right? She didn't Mm-mm. talk about his girlfriend at all. Nothing. No. Nothing about. I don't that. think so. But it was very intimate. Yeah, but that piece was totally omitted, which is interesting. better um, what, yeah. what or Verónica, what kind of music did you grow up listening to?
3: Um, a little bit of everything. I mean, my house. I grew up in a salsa household. Mi papá un cocolo. Salsadura de los 70. So I grew up with that a lot. <clears throat> my my family plays musica jibara, el cuatro. So also surrounded by very like traditional Puerto Rican music. And then me, I became a punk and rebelled. Mm-hmm. And so I, the story is that given racism and classism and all of that, rockero y, y caco, so people who listen to rock versus mm-hmm. people who listen to. Um, reyatón did not mesh together so I had this one friend that liked reyatón and it was with her with whom I would like listen to and go to parties and then have my other sort of life in the punk scene mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't live that double musical life for a while
1: I also lived a double music life I think that's very interesting
3: mm-hmm. I think that's very common yeah mm-hmm. um, particularly like if you grew up in in households and the social status that I grew up in, it was very common to have all of these negative associations with reggaeton and with afro music. And so, and that's mm-hmm. how I was raised when mm-hmm. it took a long time to unpack that and really question, mm-hmm. oh, why am I hiding this or negating this? And, you know, you grow up, you learn. and, <laughs> and you
1: really Yeah, definitely.
2: Perreo.
3: And that it's fine to love perreo and also be a goth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I'm out of the
2: perreo closet
3: a little
2: bit. Maybe. Yeah. Well For speaking sure. perreo. I think this is a good segue to your next song pick, which is Neo Perreo Bailoteo, which this might maybe we brought before, I think potentially. By Tomasa del Real and DJ Belas. Let's take a listen. Woo.
4: Tomasa del <laughs> Me gusta los grandes, me gusta los. no pueda caminar. Alarma viene la diabla, te hago un conjuro y no te dejamos escapar. Caigadito ah. pa' lo oscuro, pa' irse estoneo, perreo, bailoteo a
2: Veronica, tell us about this pick. So when we made the playlist, I
3: think it was Vero who suggested this one because I'm actually not that into Neoperreo. Yeah, yeah. I kind of avoid the Chileans trying to do Caribbean mm-hmm, music. But mm-hmm. this is a really good track. And so it's because D. E. Blas. And it's because it. D. E.
1: Blas is on it. Correct.
3: And I didn't mind Tomasa El Real. Like, it was fine. Like, I, oh, I listened to it. And so I like yeah. to... The- The spookiness in this one is very subtle. Um, And I sort of appreciate that subtlety um, of those like peak high notes in the background. Mm -hmm.
0: That is something Mm -hmm. very
3: distinctive of DJ Blast's production style. Like a lot of his songs will have very subtle elements of sinister melodies um, that are not as obvious as the other ones, which have like um, um, heavy synthesizers. (laughs) Mm-hmm. In the production, like the Blas can also be a little more minimalistic in that sense. And yeah.
1: For sure. Yeah, I um I have a very interesting relationship with Népero because I mostly actually It really feels awkward in a lot of ways. I feel like the way that Neo Perreo sometimes is like the way that it's self styled, it's like we're not like the other girls a little bit. Like it's like, oh, we're not like those other like hood reggaetoneros. We're like, you know, weird reggaetoneros. We're cool. I don't know. Like it's like a very much like we're not like that narrative sometimes that I hear coming from that scene, which is like, eh, I hate it. I'm puking. Um, And but I've interviewed Tomas El Real a couple of times, and she's is, like, very genuinely, like, also, like, really inspired by stuff, like, that's, like, happening on La Isla and, like, you know, like, not, you know, like, about that scene that we were talking about before. And I think that, like, is, you know, like, she's, like, you know, I love Arcángel, I love, you know, like, these, like, OGs that I'm, like, okay, cool, like, your inspirations are, like, in the right place, and you're not, like, talking out the side of your neck about how like you're different right she's just like no this is just what i'm doing which i think is like you know more legit at least than like someone like you're like miss nina for example who's mm-hmm. not even in chile right she's like in spain mm-hmm. but she's from argentina or of argentinian descent no se sé, algo así but uh but yeah so i think that the neo perreo thing can get really awkward for sure but but Tomasa is, like, la tolero, you know? I think she's, yeah. she's one of the, um, she's not, like, I haven't heard her, at least, ha, like, you know, play into this, like, we're not, like, the other ones mm-hmm. sort of narrative that I hear from some of the neo-perreo folks that I'm just, like,
3: that's racist, guys. <laughs> I was just going to add that um, my... Uh, rejection to some of these more new southern cone or spanish incursions into caribbean music are also because they try to imitate her accent you know there's the aesthetic yes and then there's the whole what's this woman's name um
1: oh my <laughs> god not bad gal
3: no i mean i'm mean, not the beluso
1: de not oh de... ella pobrecita with the a hip deep, hip, hip, hip hopper.
3: Trying really hard to imitate accents while, you know, as a Caribbean person. And I'm sure some of you too also have experienced the making fun of the way we talk.
1: Yeah, yeah, too fast, you're cutting off letters, blah, blah, blah. You know, typical, it's all the same shit.
3: Right. So, um, it's just, so and I've seen Tomasa del Real on authenticity in her, way, the way that she articulates and the way that she speaks, that I'm also more comfortable with when I listen yeah. to music. But whenever, like, even the J Balvin's de la vida, whenever mm-hmm. they try to do that thing, I'm like, nah, I, no, just be Yeah, here.
1: it's really interesting. I see that happening a lot with, like, as Dembo starts leaving, um... DR a little bit more and starts like having a little have like more notoriety in like the world pop. I feel like everybody's eyes are on DR and you have like like your Rosalias and shit saying things like desacatao or like la para or whatever and I'm just like girl, do not. Do not say no shit about La Pampara, please. Like, don't do it. You know, and it's just like, it's just so easy to just use the words that belong to your vocabulary. You know, and and but because we are in a moment where there are there's like a group of of like music journalists that are keeping track of like Latinx music. And like black music journalists within that, that are like are being very protective of the genre. I feel like it's sort of you know I, I'm I'm hoping at least that it like allows dembo to remain a black genre as it emerges. You know, as opposed to like having this like very whitewashed sort of like um, trajectory that um, that has happened with like pop reggaeton, um, but. Yeah, the the Mm -hmm. accent stuff is really, really rough across the board.
3: I mean, that makes me wonder about the tensions between, you know, non-Caribbean, non-Black producers and then those Caribbean and Black journalists that both Mm -hmm. shape the way that music evolves from different standpoints. Like how much strength does that collective have versus like to right right <laughs> produce, and the artists that won the global exposure won the money won their you know their music to be recognized and that's genuine like you know you yeah go to be heard everywhere and there are dominicans everywhere and we want to take yeah everywhere so that balance mm-hmm. um, between interest and needs etc will that be interesting sure. to see with yeah with Dumbo. I'm super protected of it too, and I'm not gonna. Yeah. I just love DR and its culture so much. I'm like, I oh, don't, can we keep it in the
2: island? <laughs> ask what about this song felt spooky? What made you include it in this um, playlist? It was Vero by Eti that brought it originally, but I know Veronica, you picked it for today.
3: Yeah, there's those melodies in the background, like. Ee- that are that I was mentioning are very subtle and minimal, but that I think give a lot of that. You know, there's the the production of Tomasa's voice is a lot in this track. So having that more subtle background melody, I like the tension that it creates and so the possibility of spookiness there. It's like a spooky in like impotencia kind of.
2: One thing I'm curious about, um, Veronica, is I know you use they and ella pronouns, and I wonder about in Puerto Rico how much has that caught on as like a as the ella? is like um, how much usage is it getting? What's the reception of that like? Um,
3: yeah, that's a great question. Um, in the last year, especially, it has gotten more traction, but. Because there's a lot of work and activism done by like small queer trans unknown binary groups in the island Mm -hmm. that also work in tandem with like people in the diaspora. The past two, three years, there's been a lot of collectives Mm -hmm. um, and even La Colectiva Feminita, which is one of the most popular right now or most recognized um, even outside the island because of the Brigida protest. Um are doing a lot of work to visibilize not only queer folks but trans and non-binary and so there's a lot of campaigning for inclusive language using the x using the um at least in my circles and i think even my parents are more aware of this now like i think um this past past year especially i feel like everyone has heard (laughs) i think there was a debate that the government we have elections as well next week Mm -hmm. um and i think one of the candidates was using like knowing audio they were using it wrong not understanding what being non-binary that's wild but they were yeah. yeah but there was a debate on you know lgbtq policies etc and so they mentioned non-binary and so that's a lot that's a big step and all of that is because of these you know grassroots activists like a lot of work Mm -hmm. being done to visibilize to teach a lot of um digital activism a lot of teaching people and putting themselves out there Mm -hmm. these people have put themselves out there in a place where you know that can be risky and violent so
2: because yeah, as hard as it is to get people in English to adopt they, then also asking people to adopt a pronoun and change the way that you conjugate, you know, it's like sets a whole nother bar up for people. And I know there's like incredible folks who have have pushed that and work to make that more accessible. But it definitely feels like a on top of then, you know, all the, the transphobia and all the reasons why it's hard no matter what. But adding the level of like you have to learn how to conjugate differently.
3: And it's super transgressive. and in a place where you already have a lot of like we were talking a lot of insecurity about your language because it's policed at every turn because mm-hmm. it's, people think that you're not as smart if you don't use like proper Spanish whatever that is and then on top of it you know we're saying right. no I don't speak but also think about all these other people.
1: right and then there's yeah there's the thing on top of like no es una palabra de verdad. you're y'all making this other shit up yeah for sure,
3: it's a lot of work—not to justify, you know, not using it, but that it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: For yeah, sure. Accessibility questions too around it because of the the ways and I mean it's true with they in English too, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Well, thank you for that context. I've always wondered kind of how that's progressing in you know in Latin America itself. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right, shall we go to the next song?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The next song that um, Veronica picked is uh, by Hector Ritito featuring Jenny O. And this is called Noche de Terror.
0: Esta noche es de terror. Eo, eo. Tu vas a ver
4: la que esta noche es de terror. Eo, eo. Tu vas a ver la que esta noche es de terror. Eo, eo. Tu vas a ver la que esta noche es de terror. Esta noche es de
0: terror. Aquí no hay miedo, vuelve alante.
3: Although well, it's not talking about Halloween, it's <laughs> about, it's kind of like this mixture between uh, Mali and yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, For sure. This is going to get dark here when we're yes. in La Disco mm-hmm. um, Yeah. I love Hector Hidito. I hate Dito, but he's good with Hector. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> someone that I truly miss um, because he's now a pastor. Yeah, a pastor.
1: yeah. He was born again.
3: Oh my God. No.
1: Please no. Go back. I know. No. Get
2: re-unborn.
3: Let I me mean, know about zombies. i think you know about
2: zombies. I feel like that. This could be another episode theme. Is like all of the people who are who are no longer in the genre. R.I.P. El Heral. They become R.I.P. Right? <laughs> reborn. You know. Christian. Hector el Yeah.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Be right on zombies.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good way to. Although is that like mad sacrilegious? Well, but yeah, that's a good way to put it. (laughs) Like you're actually dead now that you were reborn.
3: Um.
1: You know, in plena pandemia, when everybody was doing all these like interviews on the internet, I think Hector El Fader went on like Moluco or whatever and like had like an interview. And I was like, well, I haven't heard from you in a minute. And I was just like hearing him talk about it. I was like, okay, fine. Like, you're you were having a rough life, like, when you're in El Género and like you, you know, like it comes with, it's like a whole lifestyle, right? Like, people like, you know, it's like, it's like, yes, it's music, but yeah, it was like actually people's lives and like you know for sometimes that that can be like a rough lifestyle right to have to go and that's the way that they know you know like religion is one way to to like be like okay I'm not gonna I'm gonna be sober right and I'm also gonna be religious so I was just like okay I thought fine like make your healthy choices but I'm still sad yeah
3: no (laughs) I'm very very sad (laughs) um So this one is obvious, but also the introduction is sort of spooky and cinematic. Mm -hmm, We hear the intro, there's stuff crashing, there's a scream and you're like, okay, what's going to happen? Yeah.
0: Um,
3: It's fast paced. So I almost feel like someone is running away from something because Mm -hmm. it's a fast paced um, limbo beat. And also I put featuring Danny LaSexivo's was. But she's not credited yeah she's
1: not (laughs) i was like (laughs) this is like our own own little radical like we're gonna feature because she didn't get her feature but like you know like many even like you know like to this day it's still happening Mm -hmm. we're like Mm -hmm. you know the girls with the moans aren't given their proper due yeah (laughs)
3: she's very prominent in the track like some tracks just have the Mm -hmm. one line that's repeated or, but no, she is integral part of this chorus. There's like the call and response is, is essential to the success of this track. So it's essential here. Like this is a full on feature. Um, Right. Dancing this song is really fun too. I will say. Yes. (laughs) I miss dancing
1: so much, so much. My God.
3: And this is another Looney Tunes classic. Like, it has all of it. Like, that particular Dembo track is very much Looney Tunes. Like, the the Yankee one that opened Mm -hmm. on the episode. Uh, There's no subtlety here. Like, um, high-level production, saturated.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, That Looney Tunes style. Man, I really... I had so much fun, like when again at the beginning of the pandemic, and we did an episode on this if you haven't heard it um uh listeners will link it in the show notes about the the looney versus tiny mm-hmm. battle I was it was just like such a like a production dorkiness like fiesta for me. I was yeah. just like yes, 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 I was just like feasting on beats and nerdery <laughs> It was great. <laughs> I made this like huge ass Google Doc about like all the different things like here's the things that I think Looney are gonna play, here's the things that I think is gonna play. And I was like, oh shit. And I was like keeping track of all of them. <laughs> so,
3: good. so good. The battle
2: so one of yeah. the one of the gems born out of this horrible situation. It's like things that would never have otherwise. Happened. For sure. Right, right.
3: Yeah, that's true. Oh my god, early pandemic days. Early
1: pandemic days. Now this is like we're all just like bedraggled. <laughs>
2: I know I have some nostalgia for the time when we thought it would just be a little bit of time. We were dumb. Oh,
1: my God. I know. In early March, I was like, this is definitely going to go through, like, June, July. And right. people were like, no. And I was like, yes, definitely June, July. That was when I, we, like, I don't know why we thought we'd have a government that would be competent
2: enough to do anything about it.
1: My bad. I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because you can't actually like you're you it's a self-protection mechanism to not be able to, uh, to actually imagine the worst possible outcome you know because yeah for sure terror for sure but only because it are you is all your family still in Puerto Rico is this affecting your ability to see folks I imagine because you're in yeah. Northampton? yeah
3: I haven't mm. been to the island in almost a year I My travel then. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so
3: it's I usually recharge in the summer. You just go in the summer, recharge, and then I can survive some of the winter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not this time around. So I'm leaving. Yeah. I'll probably go in quarantine there. December. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That makes sense. And are you you're teaching all sense. your classes on Zoom?
3: I am. I'm part of Zoom University.
2: How is that going?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's going well. I'm also using Slack. Uh, so I have a Slack University and a Zoom mm-hmm. University. So mm-hmm. we both text just to relieve zoom fatigue and it's great i'm teaching introduction to latin american and latinx studies all the students are you know latinx and mm. they're super engaged and i yeah i'm liking it a lot i'm glad i'm, I'm a nerd like that i really yeah. like teaching
2: <laughs> i never would have thought my 72 73 year old parents would be able to learn to teach on zoom but they're doing it both of them yeah. they're not retired yet and so
1: There we go. Yeah. Possible. No hay de otra. No hay de otra. I have one question before we move on. And I just want an update on the multi species friendship that is happening in your household between la cotorrita de tu hermana and the pup. Um, If (laughs) people aren't following (laughs) this saga, (laughs) <laughs> well, why don't you tell us about it, Tokaya? because it's a beautiful, <laughs> heartwarming story.
3: <laughs> um, so also at the beginning of the pandemic, so my sister who lives in Puerto Rico, she loves animals and has two dogs. Um, and she has like a sato, right? His name is Indy. She's mm-hmm. like the Puerto Rican mutt. And then she has um, uh, a lab. And so the lab, is, his name is Hito, Jiro. And Jiro is super friendly. So this one time she's in her living room, he just like barking, going to the patio and coming back and going to the patio and coming back. And this is just like, something's wrong. And she goes, there's this like uh, parrot in the floor injured. And the dog, instead of like eating it, because that's what dogs do, they shave and (laughs) destroy it, was like calling my sister to rescue the bird. And so my (laughs) sister, who loves animals, rescues this bird. And these two animals were like inseparable. She and so the bird has was paralyzed from like the waist down, so she couldn't move the legs and everything. So they start to go to the vet and all of that. And then she would put the parrot on top of Hito, and they, and he would sleep and the parrot would sleep, and they would just like be together all the time. And so we, best friends, oh my God. <laughs> so beautiful and then i put it on twitter and it went viral in in like latin america and argentina or something and so like now the parrot is well she has a cast that they'll take off like in a couple weeks and the parrot is in the house and lives with these two dogs and there's a bunny also that came recently and so all of these animals are there (laughs) traveling they're Um, just all friends it's beautiful, it's idyllic. <laughs> I think that's how my sister has survived the pandemic wow. care of this bird that fell into her backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so the bird
2: isn't paralyzed anymore? No,
3: just, just um had one of her legs um recently uh volvió a recuperar movimiento. And, wow. and oh flies God. and she said hello to me the other day through FaceTime.
2: This is so tender. I grew up with a cockatiel <laughs> because my parents didn't want um, cats or dogs. And um, so I had this whole relationship with a bird. And then my dog would totally, I mean, they never met because they didn't overlap or whatever. But um, my dog definitely like ate some birds in my backyard. So it's really hard to imagine. Them being <laughs> friends.
3: And my sister was scared. My sister was like, at some point, this bird is going to fly and the dogs are going to eat it.
2: Yeah. I don't know. they know their
3: friends wow
2: (laughs) interspecies snorkeling right isn't this like a whole thing on the internet wow okay well clearly everyone needs to follow you on twitter for this content if nothing (laughs) else we'll make sure to link
1: all uh, you know Veronica's twitter and all Cotorrita related materials (laughs) on our blog post (laughs) 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 Cotorrita and Hira related uh, content
2: (laughs) content.
1: (laughs) holy Awesome content, too.
2: Yeah. I wonder, Veronica, if you have any, I don't know, predictions about like what you think is coming for the, the genres that you study. Like where do you where do you see things kind of evolving? I know that um, you know it's a hard thing to answer, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts about where we might we might see things going.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of more dumbo and a lot of creative mixing of dumbo with other genres. So I think that's probably what's gonna happen. Um, I'm also wondering what's going to happen with Trap and Trap has saturated pop as well so I'm wondering how much do Dominican and Puerto Rican like in the island producers <clears throat> will continue to do that work and where they'll get to that mm-hmm. I reminisce about 2016-2017 Trap mm-hmm. yeah those two years was wonderful
1: so good yeah. it was so good back then you know, yeah. what's an, mm-hmm. an interesting thing that's happening that I feel like I wonder what you think about is, um, I feel like there's been this really interesting resurgence of like merengue, and like I, I've been like on a campaign to bring back meringue house for like years, so that's my personal cross to bear but <laughs> but i've also but like recently there have been like a couple of like bray songs or like well one song that's like a bray song it's like a merengue tongue and then another like i think rafa paon that bray is on and like a few other people are on that is like does not even have like a tempo on it it's just like sort of like a straight like merengue that like feels like more like you know um, just with all these artists, right? Yeah, There's like I wild know. mix of artists on it. Like Toño Rosario Rosario's on it, Rosario and also is Kiko Crazy's right. also Kiko Crazy's well. on it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Agüido, it's called Agüido. I'm fucking obsessed with this song. But I feel like I feel like it's just like I was like, is Merengue gonna like make moves again? Like Merengue and Merengue mixes gonna make moves again in this space? I I I wonder what you think about that.
3: Yeah, um the way I see the going back to merenguedon, I think it's part of that going back to old school reggaeton and to like the OG. Mm-hmm. Um, and the need to like re-authenticate, but also as the genre increasingly mainstreams and you have non-Caribbean people deeping into it, I feel like Caribbean and Black artists need to go back to the roots and sort of like, no, this yeah. is actually the music. This is how we produce Right. So I feel like that Agüiro song and the other one, that Bry song, it's so good. Um and yeah. I'm blanking on the name. Se Cansó, I think yeah, it's what it's called it's such a good song. It's just like very good. Um is part of that. I was surprised that Tonya Rosario was there, but I love it. And I think that's why <laughs> I know
1: right
3: it doesn't have reggaeton in it and it's just merengue. Yeah.
1: Um
3: I'm not sure. I think that could happen. Uh I I, I bet more on them both than on merengue.
0: Probably mm-hmm.
3: as artists go back to the DR and to Dominican music, they'll start, you know, pulling back on Bachata, Merengue de Calle, which is also mm-hmm. like sort of the mixture of rap, like the evolution of Metting house, the mixture of rap. Yeah, and, um, yeah. With a merengue. And they'll probably mix it. So that's what I'm expecting to happen. So like very creative stuff with all of those genres, but based in them both. Very mm-hmm. much based in them both. I was gonna say that about Merengue House, the funny thing is that that is completely studio produced, like, contrary mm-hmm. to how like, reggaeton or even them both. Right, right. People mixing and figuring out, it was like, no, Miami producers. Were yeah. like, no, we're gonna mix house and we're gonna mix merengue because those are the two genres that are popular and we're gonna make people like this. Yeah, get this, put that track there, and I'm like sold. <laughs> no, it's great, but it's but the curious thing is, that many house is not button up. It's right, right, not.
1: yeah, so yeah, yeah.
3: If, like there'll be. I wonder if there's a new way to do many Yeah, yeah, yeah. Button up, like can yeah. we revivir ese ese género?
2: Yeah, yeah. Curious, love it. Yeah. So we'll put a link in the show notes to the full Spooky Reggaeton playlist um, if people want to check it out as well. I'm so glad that we got to really honor this collaboration between the the two Veros. Um, And it's been really (laughs) amazing to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks. It's been really fun.
1: Yeah, Yeah, we know it's a really, really busy time. So we really super appreciate you. Mm -hmm.
0: And
1: a reminder from Perez slash all
2: of us. If you haven't
1: voted yet, what the hell are you doing?
2: Get it together.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to early vote this morning and then realized that my early voting polling place did not open until noon. So check your fucking hours when you make your voting plan, um, unlike my responsible ass. Your responsible ass. But I still have time. I'm going to early vote tomorrow. My friend went today. It took her two hours. So also bring some snacks bring a chair like I don't know I'm in in Brooklyn like the early voting has been people
2: are showing up wow it's wild in Texas it took me five minutes I didn't do it on the first day we went went a few days in we didn't wait you know I think the beginning is a little more intense but I went at like one
1: yeah I counted on that I didn't want to go on Saturday because it's it started on Saturday and I was like "Mm, I'm going midweek when there's nobody but it was still like mad people so who knows
3: yeah, I've seen lines here too. So,
1: yeah, yeah. plan ahead. Yeah, say.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: All
1: right. Well, thank you so much, Pero. Um, You know, as always, you're going to be able to find all of the information, and everything talked about, in our show notes that's linked below. Um, there, we'll link to. Uh, The Platanos Diaries, we'll link to Vero's uh, social media, we'll link to, you know, everything that we talked about, La Cotorrita y El Perrito, all of it. Um, (laughs) So, make sure to look there and follow us at Radio Manea on all the various social media channels. And also, just a reminder that we do have a newsletter so you can sign up for that.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And we are staying kind of bi-weekly through the election, so we'll be back in two weeks with another episode pero cuídense y gracias por escuchar. Hasta la próxima. Gracias, pero Gracias a ustedes. Bye. Bye.